Welcome to Carry the Light. I'm your host, Carrie Alexander. During your time here, we'll explore all things positive to brighten up your day and light up the world around you. We'll talk to regular folks about doing extraordinary things, hear fantastic stories, get a little creative in the world of happiness, and learn how you can change the world. Now sit back and relax. Let's carry the light. The world is a dangerous place, not because of those who do evil, but because of those who look on and do nothing. Albert Einstein. 2020 saw an increase in homelessness. In fact, stats show more than 200,000 Americans live on the street. 20% of that number are children, and more than 13,000 homeless individuals will die this year. Those numbers are depressing and frightening. So how can a pair of awesome new shoes be a part of the answer? But you didn't see that one coming, huh? Well, Dan Fowler of Reunion Shoes is stepping up with a unique business model that employs homeless people who have just moved off the streets. It's comfort, creativity, high fashion, and a transformational business that's impacting lives. Stay with us. We'll talk to Dan next on Carry the Light. Hi, Dan. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, Dan, I have to tell the folks out there listening that I learned about your company a couple years ago. I read an article in a magazine and really, honestly, the picture had me at hello. You've got such funky, cool, unique shoes and I love to paint. So I was uh, drawn to your product itself. But then when I heard the story behind the shoes, I was absolutely captivated. So without further ado, can you explain people to people what Reunion Shoes is? Yeah. So we're a small shoe company based uh, here in New Orleans, Louisiana. We make some really funky splatter painted shoes, as you mentioned. They're really fun, very New Orleans-y, uh, very colorful. That's really only you know half of what we do. We are also what we call a social enterprise, which is just any business uses their business model to, to give back to the community. And the way that we do that is by hiring folks coming out of homelessness. So we created a business, but we've also created social programming for for folks that are exiting homelessness in our city. What a fabulous idea. So where did this all spring from? You know, what was your birthing point for the company and the idea to hire homeless and and what's it been like? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been working in and around the homeless community for probably eight years or so now. And I've done a lot of different things in this community. I've done kind of direct kind of needs-based ministry stuff like handing out blankets and food and, you know, the kind of physical needs. I've done things like recording videos of people telling their stories so that like folks like us can hear those stories and learn from those stories. And also those folks have the opportunity to be able to tell their story, which is not usually something given to them. So I've done a lot of different things in this, in and with this demographic. And, um, one of the things that I started to notice was that I was I was watching some of these folks struggle and then finally um, get housed, get off the street through different programs, different city initiatives, different things like that. And their stability increased greatly at, at that point. 
but they still struggled in a lot of ways. So I watched them go from having this uh, community of, of other people experiencing homelessness, of different systems of care that was reaching out to them while they were on the streets, to yes, being in a house, but being very alone. Watch them uh, go from having that community to not having a community of faith anymore. And then a lot of the times, just kind of by, by way of caseworkers just moving to the next most urgent case, those folks no longer really have the support system from their caseworkers or their housing organizations that they once did, meaning that they also don't have the accountability or the, the positive pressure to go see doctors or therapists or any of the other kind of systems of care that they need. So what we've kind of seen is, is these folks who've been through it, they've gone through so much and they're finally housed and the city kind of goes, great, you've made it. And it's true in one sense and not true in another. It is true that they are much safer in a home than they were on the streets. But now they, they're kind of dead in the water, so to speak. They, they are not even close to being able to thrive or really live their life. Um, they're just sur- sur- being able to survive a little bit better. So this is kind of what I, I witnessed several times as I saw people get housed and get off the streets. Is they just weren't being able to thrive. So what we did is we, we launched a company under, a, uh, um, under the umbrella of a nonprofit called the Restoration Initiative. One of the things that the Restoration Initiative has done is launch businesses like this for different demographics. So we said, let's create a business. Uh, we'll, we'll care for the, the economic needs of these folks. And then we'll also use this platform to care for some of the other needs. So that's kind of what landed us here. Yeah, that is, you know, so thoughtful because you're right. We don't think about that transitional piece of, okay, yes, we think about, okay, we got them shelter, we've got them, you know, maybe a job or what have you. Okay, yay, you're done. And then you move to the next person that's on the street. And so, you know, I think a lot of us don't think about them losing their community that they have built among people in a similar situation, or like you said before, where they had their their faith group or whatever it was, wherever they identified, all of a sudden that is gone. And it's a positive change, but all change is stressful. And, and how do you maintain it so you don't slide back to where you were before? So I think it's really interesting that you came up with a really productive way that is not so much char- charity, but it's they get to work, they get to be around people who can understand some of their experiences or maybe what they're thinking. And as you said, kind of have a little bit of accountability for staying on the right path. So what kind of skill set do they need to work at Reunion Shoes? Do you, do you train them? Do you have a lot of turnover? Have you, I mean, I have so many questions like what kind of... <laughs> Yeah. What kind of response have you seen from them? And how about for yourself? You know, so there's oodles of questions stripping out of my mouth right now, but let's start with the first. Do they have to have a skill set or do you train them? And what do you guys do? Yeah, we don't, we don't require an unnecessary skill set. We have gone this route of like aspire paint and shoes because it's something that's fun that a lot of people can enjoy. And then also, you don't need a uh, classical art degree um, mm-hmm. to be involved with. So um, I'm not, you know, an artist by any means. And so if I can do it, then I know that I can train other people to do it. 
And so that's kind of one of the perks of our business is we use an art form that anybody can do and it's on shoes. And what's more fun than shoes? Um, <laughs> shoes is just such a big part of our culture these days. And uh, yeah, it's just an industry that just kind of is this, yeah, it's a source of life for a lot of people, I think. So the um, shoes I got, they were, you know, tennis shoes, sure. you know, so where do you get your shoes from? Do you guys make the shoes or do you source your shoes and then, you know, add your special sauce to it or how does that work? Right. So we, we have suppliers that um, send us blank shoes of mm. different colors and different varieties. We have both on our website where you can, you know, go on there and order a specific collection that we make. And then we also have on our website where you can go and design your own custom shoe. So basically the way it works is you go online and you buy your shoe and everything is made to order. So if it's a custom order, especially we'll, we'll order that shoe, we'll get it in and we will, you know, take the laces out. We'll tape it up. We'll do all the masking that needs to be done. We'll use our own special paints and we get it painted and then we clean it up. We put our own insole in it. Because we found that, you know, that kind of Converse style shoe mm -hmm. usually comes with this very flat, not very supportive insole. So we replaced that with an insole that we screen print uh, our logo onto in-house. And then we put a leather patch on the tongue. We hand sew that on there as well. And then we use it kind of a sealant to kind of keep everything looking good for the life of the pair. And then we, you know, package it up in our own stuff. We don't use shoe boxes. We've got these like nice canvas bags that are reusable. And then that's what you get in the mail. Yeah, I love it. Uh, in fact, I wish I would have talked to you like right before Christmas because what a cool gift <laughs> idea. You know, I mean, you can make you and your friends matching shoes, you know, or um, I love that you can do Mardi Gras colors. I know I did a custom thing for my, my daughter. It was for Easter when I did hers and it was, it was kind of fun to, you know, make that happen. So, um, so as for the employees, I mean, what kind of response have you had from the people that have come to work for you? Yeah. So the folks that work for us, they're also different and really the only commonality that they share is that they have experienced homelessness in our city, which is just incredibly difficult. And what comes with that is a whole host of other traumas and experiences um, that people carry with them. Not to mention the, uh, the, what we call the triggers for homelessness are also often traumatic. So these are folks that carry with them lots of negative life experiences, lots of letdowns, lots of people have left them. They've oftentimes picked up unhealthy coping mechanisms. We are doing work with people from difficult places. So you, you kind of hinted earlier, at, you know, what's, what's the turnover rate? It's high. A lot of people, um, even though we, we say at the onset, like, hey, this is a business, this is a position for folks that want better for themselves. Um, like, we're here to support you, but it has to start with you. Something we said from the beginning. And even so, it's something that not everybody is ready to kind of push through and and I can't, I can't blame them, to be honest with you, because there's just so much stuff that has happened to them, and that stuff has lasting effects. And so, yeah, we, we have a high turnover rate, and the reason that we, we stick, uh, stick it out is because we feel like we're called to be here. There is nobody else doing this work 
especially in New Orleans. And I've only heard of a couple other places in our country doing this kind of specific work with this demographic. There is nobody else standing in this gap with them. And it's difficult work. But even if they decide, hey, this isn't for me, or they fall back into whatever was going on, we can still say, hey, we were here with them, we loved on them, and we both made decisions, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like they, mm-hmm. we are a product of not just the things that happened to us, but our decisions, and everybody is entitled to those. So regardless of what happens, we still think it's a good thing to, to stay here in this gap. Well, I think it's really important too that, like you said, they may not be ready to receive it or sustain it quite yet, but maybe, right. uh, yeah, maybe in time they will remember somebody stood in the trenches with me. Somebody was willing to hold my hand for a little bit. Somebody believed in me for, you know, a second. So it's possible. And so it's, it's planting those seeds and hoping that they germinate at some point in time. But I think that's really important. Has there been anybody along the way that stands out in your mind who was able to make full transition? Or are you seeing still more of those kind of in the infancy of starting their journey? Yeah, definitely more the latter. Um, mm-hmm. And we're still kind of figuring out kind of what, for lack of a better term, what, what's our sweet spot? Who, who does the person that we hire look like? At what point in their journey are, are they already at? So nobody that, well, I'll say this, uh, success looks different in every case. <laughs> that's right. That's uh, right. For every person. And, yeah. Right. And for some folks that come to us, success is just staying in their house. Like they just want to stay housed, you know, be able to put food on the table. And that's, that's what success looks like. Others of our employees have wanted to start their own business, you know, be able to create their own money. And so that's something that we gauge with each employee as they come in. We've had varying levels of success in terms of those goals, but we also set monthly goals of just like little stuff. How are we dealing with family life? How are we doing with work? Is work stressful? Is work not stressful? You know, or is it too late back? Is it, what, you know, just kind of gauging where we're at on a number of levels. We don't just talk about work stuff at work. We, mm-hmm. We're talking about the rest of life because we think that that's you have to be concerned with the whole person well and i think Um, it's important it sounds like you're trying to create a community too of support and you know and a trust and being able to bounce ideas or concerns off of one another like a lot of us do with our friends but if you don't have that network or a healthy network you know you have a place to do that well what about during the pandemic how has this impacted what you do with reunion shoes well before i go on to that do you mind if i touch on one other thing oh yeah no please go right ahead kind of goes back to a little bit about what we were talking about about the commonalities between the folks that we hire and that's one other commonality is that a lot of times nobody has ever kind of stood by them and said you know i'm, I'm going to be here for you if you mess up i'm still going to be here for you a lot of folks might say that but very few will act that out. So for a lot of them, when something happens and it hits the fan and we're still here saying, I love you and I want to work through this with you, that is a revolutionary concept. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is very new 
And it's not always something that people are ready for either. And so there's a lot of things that um, we as humans do to self-sabotage mm-hmm. when that happens. And even more so when you have trauma and you know other things that have happened to you that kind of cloud that judgment. Yeah, and you have no trust. You know, so that's going to be hard to rebuild that faith in humanity if you've been hurt or let down repetitively. And that's all you kind of know is survival and, you know, preparing for the next, you know, kind of, you know, gut punch, so to speak, for sure. I would think that would be huge. Right. Okay. Let's talk about how the pandemic has impacted your business. We'll talk about that next and a little later, Mardi Gras. How are the people of New Orleans celebrating Mardi Gras this year? We'll unmask the details next. I know for our country and our world, you know, the last, you know, over a year now, it's been really trying and every way, shape, or form. And those who were pretty on solid footing aren't anymore. And there's so many people struggling out there. And there's so many people who are emotionally torn or they've lost their job or their home or they, you know, are hungry. And so the amount of stress is just insane. And so there's even so many more people out there hurting and trying to figure it all out. But then, you know, and also with homeless population that I've worked with before, it's sad because there is a high rate of people who are suffering from mental illness that hasn't been addressed or addiction issues, because as you said before, they're trying to numb out from some horrific thing that has happened to them in their life. And that's all they know. But it is a really hard journey to climb out of. But like I said, the transitional piece is something I don't think a lot of us think about because we think, oh, if we can get them shelter, food, and a job, they're off to the races. But there's still <laughs> so much more to address other than those those three critical things, for sure. Right. And, and you hit the nail on the head. We also have a, as part of our nonprofit, we have a, a full-fledged counseling center. So all of our employees get free mental health services. Because it really is, it's, it, you have to deal with the whole person. You can't say, yeah, I'm going to give you a job and I'm going to work with you and I want to support you and then ignore everything that is job productivity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not how that works. So we enter into this relationship that's really difficult because it encompasses home life and mental health and addictions and, and all the, you know, kind of you know, the, the stuff that is, is difficult, the stuff we don't want to talk about as much. Well, I'm sure for you too, you've probably like, we always think about, okay, what are they learning? What are you providing? But I'm sure on the flip side, as you've been doing this, you've probably learned so much, even about yourself, learning patience, learning, you know, to lean into your faith, learning to, you know, let go what you need to let go and stay steadfast on the things you need to be steadfast on. So I'm sure for you and uh, the people who work with you at Reunion Shoes, I'm sure it's been a growth opportunity for yourself as well. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> this is the hardest, most meaningful thing I've ever done. It's uh, every time an employee leaves or comes, it's difficult because there's adjustment. Yeah, I've definitely had to learn to let people go, let 
people's decisions be their their decisions and not mm-hmm. my own mm-hmm. and let the responsibility be theirs mm-hmm. um that's really difficult to do when you've when you've created a business that says we're here to you know see you guys succeed and and they you know they are their own worst enemy in the, in the in the process, right. but they they don't know right. it yet because they just don't have the tools quite yet to get where they they need to go. Correct. But so uh, you know, making the shoes, having that artistic outlet, having a place to come, I'm sure it has had some wonderful impact on many of your people and the essence that you leave behind. I'm sure you'll never know how you've impacted impacted these people or their children or their family or whatever for years to come for certain those moments where they come and say i've never been in a place like this this place is my family you know those moments are what makes it worth it because i've never had a job where i've said those things to (laughs) somebody and so i know that they're they're not saying it because they feel obligated they really mean that nobody has ever been there for them in this way before, just, you know, equally touching and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, what did they say? Anything worth doing is super hard. <laughs> so, right. uh, yeah, so I'm sure you live by that mantra like every day. So if people want to support reunion shoes, cause I'm guessing just like everyone, you've probably been hit hard by the pandemic. And then also the other thing is, you know, for the clientele that you hire, you know, there's a lot more people out there now. How can people be supportive of Reunion Shoes and how can they they get your shoes? Yeah, our website is reunionshoe.com. On there, you'll find all of our products. Everything is made by folks coming out of homelessness. So by buying those products, you are um, creating jobs. You are giving work to do that is fun and expressive and a venue for us to have meaningful, difficult conversations with folks. There's also on our website, if you just feel moved to donate, there's a link to do that as well. Yeah. Stay with us. We're letting the good times roll with a look at a unique twist on Mardi Gras coming up next. Let's talk about the creativity and resilience of the people of New Orleans, where they've taken Mardi Gras off the street and into the yards with Yardi Gras. Has the lack of visitors and things, has that impacted you whatsoever, or are you still kind of status quo? Business-wise, we're, we're doing okay. We, uh, there's a lot of people that are just looking for some kind of way to experience Mardi Gras at, at home this year. And so we've got some people buying our Mardi Gras shoes couple boutiques are stocking them. And so we're working crazy hours this week to kind of get those out to people on time for Carnival. On a personal level, it's really, really strange for it to be this time of year and not be at parades, not be around the the crawfish boils. It's, it's, it's weird. (laughs) You know, but I have seen people, you know, being creative 
And I've seen that instead of the floats, because like a couple of years ago, I was rode in one of the, the parades with one of the crews there, but they're doing float houses. So they're decorating right. houses. What a cool idea. Have you, have you driven past any of them? Have you checked them out? Yeah, they're calling it Yardy Girl. <laughs> I love it, Yardy Girl. That sounds like something we do in Kentucky. That's originally where I'm from. So, <laughs> Yardy Girl, right. I love it. Yeah, it's really fun to just walk around the neighborhood and see the the way that people are just kind of like, yeah, so what? We can't we can't be out in groups of people. We'll still do it anyway. And that's that's New Orleans right there. It's just you will not stop us from celebrating. Oh, that's so great. You know, it's like life will find a way. What what a great idea. I mean, it definitely is a certain moment in time. And hopefully we all learn a little bit more gratitude, appreciation, creative ways to look at the world, reinvent things for sure. But I do know we do miss that community, but we do tend to find a community spirit, some common unity one way or another, for sure. Well, thank you for joining me today. It has been such a pleasure, Dan. And I really admire the work that you're doing. I know it's got to be incredibly hard. And I can tell that it definitely is a calling for you and your team. And I love your products. What a cool, cool way. So I will tell folks, go out there, design your own shoes. It's so much fun. And it was fun when I got them. So I appreciate uh, all of your your work and, and you know, happy Yardy Girl <laughs> to you. <Yes. laughs> so, we can uh, get some decorations up. Yeah, for sure. And when I can travel again, I definitely want to come out and check out your facility. But in the meantime, I tell everybody to go check out your website and get some of your, your crazy kicks. Have a great week and remember to carry the light. For more information on how you can carry the light, follow us on Instagram at carrythelight underscore now or check out our website, carrythelight.com. I'd love to hear from you.